Amen. Man, I'm going to just share with the time that we have this morning from the book of Titus. And hopefully, I just kind of big picture things. We're not going to just, you know, zone in on just a small uh, section here or passage in the book of Titus. And maybe this will just give some other food for thought um, for us through the week, maybe, or even future uh, time that you might have uh, in the book of Titus or, or maybe other things that might just spark um, interest in your heart today. And so just a, a little bit of background here on the, the book of Titus. Um, of course, written by Paul, written to Titus. This falls into the group of letters known as the pastoral epistles here. And one of the last letters uh, that Paul wrote, 2 Timothy uh, being the, the final letter that, that Paul wrote. And so here's just some instructions giving to Titus in regards to uh, the, the church body or the churches on the island of, of Crete. Notice in verse 5, Titus 1, 5, he says, For this reason I left you in Crete. I left you, Titus, in Crete. Now, um, it's not a real clear history of the church in Crete. Uh, there were individuals from Crete uh, in Acts 2 there at Pentecost. So there's a very real possibility of them hearing the gospel there, going back to Crete, and there being this fledgling church um, being there when, uh, when Paul arrives uh, in Crete. It seems that the church would be was young or immature. Uh, we could keep reading there in verse 5. For this reason I left you in Crete, that you would set in order what remains and appoint elders in every city as I had directed, directed you. So appointing uh, elders and completing these things, setting in order things that remain. So there's this, there's this body there, body of believers but even as we read, I mean, the, the doctrine he does uh, address in the book is basic doctrine. You know, things just to establish them in, in right behavior. And that's a big theme of the book is, is right behavior, behavior that's according to sound doctrine, according to uh, truth. And just a basic structure of the book. It's a small book and kind of some clear... Uh, parameters uh, throughout the book. We have the introduction, the salutation in verses 1 through 4 of chapter 1, the body, chapter 2 through chapter 3, verse 11, and just to break that down a little, in verses uh, 5 through 9 in chapter 1, he's dealing with establishing elders and what that looks like. Um, What is the character of these elders, similar to what we find in 1 Timothy 3? And that's important because of what we find in verses 10 through uh, the end of the chapter, and that is these, what he calls in verse 10, there's many rebellious men, empty talkers, deceivers, especially those of the circumcision. Um, I'll go ahead and keep reading here. Verse 11, who must be silenced because they are upsetting whole families teaching things they should not teach for the sake of sordid gain. And so there's these individuals, evidently 
putting themselves out there as leaders. Um, obviously, their character here is um, obviously lacking. They're in it for sordid gain, for money. And they're upsetting whole families, whole households. And so then the importance of this, of leadership and eldership and what this looks like, what this, uh, what would be right in this situation. And then he goes on in chapter two of dealing with this issue of, of conduct that is fitting for sound doctrine. Look in two verse one. He says, but as for you, Speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. And maybe now would be a good time of just addressing a little more of the theme. Go back to uh, verse 1 of chapter 1. He says, Paul, a bondservant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the faith of those chosen of God and the knowledge of truth, which is according to godliness. So there at the very outset of the letter, Paul's establishing one of the, the major themes and purposes of the book, of this, of this behavior that is according to um, truth, and truth that results in this godly behavior. You, you cannot separate the two. And so come down to the end of chapter 1, verse 16. This is a key verse in the, the book as well. He says, they profess, these, these individuals... Um, that are causing these problems here uh, with the believers in Crete, the churches. He says, they profess to know God, but by their deeds they deny him, being detestable, disobedient, worthless for any good deed. So then in chapter 2 he says, but as for you, but as for you, speak the things that are fitting for sound doctrine, the things that are appropriate for sound doctrine. And so then he addresses just very basic, specific things um, for each category of person within the body. Older men he addresses first there in verse 2. Starting in verse 3, he addresses older women, and then he goes to younger women. And we won't talk about who's older, who's younger. I'm not real sure. I think I'm edging up on that older here. Um, in verse 6, urge the young men. In verse 9, you have the, the bond slaves here and the masters, or how they're to be subject to their own masters. And then in verses 11 through the end of the chapter, he deals with the sound doctrine. Notice he says, for, for the grace of God. So, so this sound doctrine is what produces and results in this right behavior that's fitting. It's appropriate. And then he does a similar thing in chapter 3. Look what he says in verse 1, remind them. So 2, 1, he said, but speak the things. You speak these things. Then he says, remind them. Be subject to rulers, authorities, obedient, these things. And he does that through verse 3 of just what is proper behavior here. And then in, in starting in verse 4, he has the doctrine that's uh, at the foundation of this. And then we have the closing in verses 12 through 15. And why don't we just read these two sections of, of, of doctrine here, just glorious truths. I mean, we say that they're basic, but we never move beyond these basic truths 
of the gospel of Christ. I mean, this was a, this is a reality for the believer initially in, in being made right with God, and then it's it's an ongoing reality of of what's changing us. It's not that we ever move on beyond these things. And so let's just go ahead and read these sections, starting in verse eleven of chapter two. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. And notice what this grace does, instructing us, it teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. And then let's go to chapter Three, starting in verse four. It says, but when, when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared. Notice the similarities back to chapter 2, 11. Appeared, when this appeared. <clears throat> and his love for mankind appeared. And then verse five, he saved us. Not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Now go ahead and read verse 8 here. He says, this is a trustworthy statement, and concerning these things I want you to speak confidently so that those who have believed God will be careful to engage in good deeds. So the relationship there of, of this truth, remembering and, and growing in, in regards to this truth and the effects of the purifying effect that it has on the believer's life, conforming them into the image of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so let's go back here. I'm just going to walk through some other um, things of this this book. It's small, so we can kind of um, take some. We can see some things pretty easily uh, that become central parts of the book. Uh, one just from the repetition of words used, um, the theme, and, and we've already looked at that. Uh, the theme, and so just to say, I mean, the purpose of the book here is encouraging them in regards to the truth that uh, the knowledge of the truth which results in and produces godly behavior, excuse me, godly behavior, godly, a godly lifestyle. And, you know, I think of Ephesians there in Ephesians chapter 1 when Paul Let me see here in verse 18. Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know, so that you will know. And there are certain things that's, I mean, we know it, right, centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance of the saints, what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believes, 
And then in chapter 4, Paul says, Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. And so similar to what we find in Titus here, that this knowledge, true knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the true reality in a person's life and a growing reality is going to result in not a a, a staleness. You know, this knowledge, true knowledge doesn't result in a staleness or coldness, but it, it results in godliness. It, it results in, in change. It results in Christ-likeness. And, and so these are... Here we find in Titus, I've been encouraged, just, you know, we've talked about the church here being immature, being new. There's, there's things that need to be established here. And so he's reminding them of basic things. But, but the encouragement, one of the encouragements I've found is the basic things are important. You know, the, just the day-to-day, I mean, here when we, maybe we'll look at a little more in chapter 2, he's just talking about basic everyday things. And yet, what he, the importance that he places on these things. And the importance being, I'm just wrestling with getting ahead of myself for addressing it here or not. Um, but then being, the importance of them is the effect they have on the gospel of Jesus Christ in, to those around us. Hey, let's go ahead and read it since I'm already, already there. And may, I'll just go ahead and read these verses, starting in chapter 2, verse 2. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love, and perseverance. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, Kind, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God, notice here, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Likewise, urge the young men to be sensible. In all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds, with purity and doctrine, dignified, sound in speech, which is beyond reproach. And notice the purpose here again. So that the opponent will be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. Verse 9, urge bond slaves to be subject to their own masters in everything, to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith, notice the purpose here again, so that they will adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in every aspect. And so a focus of the book here is, is evangelistic. Listen, the, your, your life and the way you live is declaring the reality, the truth of what you say you believe. And it has a real impact on the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world around us. And what an encouragement of just, I mean, these are just basic everyday things, right? The bond slave worked day in, day out, uh, moment by moment, you know, before his master and, and how he's to live there. And what that says in regards to the doctrine of God, you will adorn it, adorn the doctrine of God in every respect. I mean, is there anything as, mon- well, I mean, of just when we think of, is this really, what's the, the and I'm struggling, I don't want to, there's kids in here, and it's not that it's not a value or purpose, but just raising children, you know, and day in, day out with, with young children, and, it's, and there's people telling you, there's, there's more important things you can be doing. 
you know, there's, some, there's all these other people who could take care of your kids, raise your kids, spend time with them, whatever. And he says, here, love your children. Love their husbands. Love their children. So the encouragement here, the importance upon just the day in, day out, quote, little things of life that we are doing, the value that's there. And, and just think in regards of, of the work we are doing. I mean, and seeing it truly as a calling of God. Saying, you know, I don't know if this is where, I, I'm not happy here. I'm not, this isn't where I want to be. But today, this is what, you're, what our calling is, is where God has us today. Working. And to really embrace that as from God. His calling on my life and seeing the value um, in that and doing it as unto the Lord. Did you notice, have, have you noticed any words that are used over and over here in these passages? Yeah, the, the word sensible, any others? Love? Hey, good. Thanks for seeing, seeing good things. Okay, the sensible. I mean, that's for every, every group here, right? It, it, not specifically bond slaves, but they're either a man or a woman, right? <laughs> so they're to be sensible as well. Um, and sensible, we didn't read it. It goes back even in uh, chapter 1 in regards to elders, overseers. In verse 8, that they are to be sensible. So this word sensible... And let me just read you one definition of it. To have understanding about practical matters and thus be able to act sensibly. So, so it's this right thinking, right understanding, so that then how we live out, it, it affects how we live out in making wise decisions, acting self-controlled. Um, look in First Peter 4.7. And we find two of the words used in Titus 2 in regards to the older men used here. He says, the end of all things is near, therefore be of sound judgment. That's the word temperate used for the older men. And sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. So be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. But the sensibility, so thinking and here in regards to the end is near. So therefore, how should we then pray? But this idea of sensibility here, and, and maybe something that will help us to see the importance of this even more so, is let's look at what was taking place a little more here um, in Crete. In verse 12, he says, One of themselves, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. Does that sound to be sensible? Yeah, sensibility would not define the people of Crete. Uh, instead, um, to crate, the, there's a, the Greek verb, kratazane, means to lie. So it's kind of similar to Corinthianize, right? Uh, it, was, it meant just immorality, immoral. Um, 
so the people of Crete, I mean, just became some, they weren't known for their ethics. Um, let me read you uh, one commentary, what he was saying about the people of Crete. He says, Crete was renowned for its lack of ethics. They had a reputation for stealing, and that during the first century B.C., Crete became famous for housing robbers and pirates. Cicero states, the Cretans consider piracy and brigandage, if I said that right, honorable. So this is the culture. This is where these believers are living out this godly life. And, I mean, there's no, there's no sense or, or resemblance of sensibility here, of self-control that is according to godliness. And so this exhortation over and over and over again, one of the chief characteristics of, of a saved life is this sensibility of in light of this truth of what God has done in you, uh, what Christ has done in you, this grace, um, this washing of regeneration by the Holy Spirit, what, what it produces of this sensibility and how we behave, how we act. We're not going to be controlled then by our, uh, our, our gut, our stomach, um, by whatever pleases us, being liars, these evil beasts. I mean, you don't think of sensibility there. So the importance of this sensibility, and this is encouragement for us too. When, when we read the scriptures and what they're calling uh, the believers here to do is that it's, it's not worse in our day than it was in Crete for these believers. And the encouragement that we have, I mean, of what God is calling them to here, he enables them to do in the darkest and hardest of circumstances, Right? I mean, I think of, of purity in the book of Thessalonians and, he, you know, the exhortation to purity there in 1 Thessalonians 5. And, and if you read some of the history there and the culture of Thessalonica was, I mean, very impure. I mean, just steeped in impurity and immorality. And we could look around us and say, how, how, can, we be, how can we be pure, God? How can you expect this of us? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it, we don't have it easier than they had it then in their time, but God enables them and God purifies them by his grace, by the power of the spirit, and he will do the same for us. So then just the encouragement for us, the encouragement and exhortation for us to, I mean, to be thinking about this sensibility. What does this mean for us in being being self-controlled and not having culture Rule us, not having culture depict what we're what we're doing, but having the grace and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ controlling our day to day behavior and lifestyle. I mean, how many things do we have vying for for us, for our attention, for our affections? How many things, and we know how it it, it can be easy to we turn around, we think. Wow, how did this gain that control of my life? You know, how did this start encroaching in where it, it, it has this uh, priority in, in my heart, in my life, and where we're, we're beginning to see ourselves set aside other things of, of importance? So, 
here in, in the book of Titus, we see that the truth of a person's belief can be tested by their behavior. And that a person's belief is shown in their behavior. And this is something for us to, to also be reminded of. That our, our true belief is reflected in how we're behaving. It's, it's really shown in, in how we are acting. And this isn't saying, I mean, this isn't just a matter of saved, not saved. But it's a matter of today are we embracing the truth really and it and for us to really evaluate that to see if we really are or not is to say, well, how am I acting? How am I acting towards my wife? How am I acting then towards my kids? Well, I'm, I'm angry. I'm frustrated. Well, there's something that that reflects in my belief system that's not right, that's not appropriate, that's not true. And so to really, just always to be aware of that in our lives. In our lives. Um, going back to Eve, right, she was believing a lie. When she took of that fruit, those actions, that behavior came out of a belief that she had. And there was a, a, a she believed a lie. And then just, I think, the encouragement here, once again, to be reminded of. Is that the believer's behavior should be such to enhance the gospel's reputation? I mean, how we act, how we live day in and day out, how we act in in each relationship that we have should be such to enhance the gospel's reputation. You know, just just this week, I was talking with an individual and. I had done some work for, and he asked me if this certain person had paid me for jobs that I had done. It's been a couple years back. Anyways, this individual's not in, not in the area. And, you know, I said, yeah, I haven't, he hasn't paid me. And um, he says, yeah, that's really unfortunate because in this community, this guy's, uh, this person is really involved and, and known to be, you know, a churchgoer. And yet he's also known for this treatment of people that's not according to truth. That's not fitting for sound doctrine. And so just to, to think about that, one, uh, it's a caution for us, isn't it? But then also it's an encouragement for us on, on the impact that just that walking in, in the light of the counsel of the word of God will have on the expansion of the gospel of Jesus Christ to others.